Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. I'm Bradley. And I am not your host, Randy. Oh, nice. I always there think about go. saying that, but I never do. Oh, I had to do it like, this time. You guys got to sync it up once. One there you go. Time. Gotta be on the, the same I mean, really, one. sync it up is just waiting for the first person to say it, and then the second person's like, all well, right, I guess I'm following. It'll be just Randy, you uh, and me just together in unison saying our name we and that we're not the host. Oh, we sh- should we try and say it all together one of these times? That will be, <laughs> a, that'll be so chaotic. <laughs> that would be an audio nightmare, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, it, it'll bad. it'll probably sound terrible, but what an it experience be, it'll be. Yeah, I think it would be much more fun for us to try and get to do and much less fun for the audience to hear. Oh, 100%. So. Maybe we'll have to do that during uh, Halloween, which is kind of there. We go coming up one of these times. It'll we'll terrify try. everybody. Yeah, we'll do we'll do something special with that, and so Mark, be uh, looking a little bit forward to that. But to just kind of jump right into our topic today, dude, let's leap into it. Um, you might not want to leap too much because oh, this one's yeah. a hot. Topic. I'd say I'd say let's <laughs> rise like the sun to talk about the topic. Uh, oh, very, very nice. Very I don't nice. understand that joke because I still don't know what we're talking about this week. We're talking about Ra, not a nice. not the song, you know, like Ra oh, Ra oh. Ra, you know. But uh, we're gonna be I talking still... about the Egyptian <laughs> still god don't son. Know. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you, thank you. Still don't get the joke though. Yeah, it's okay. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm so. Joking. I remember that we talked about a pep a while ago. I think you did that one, mm. Randy. And that one was a great episode. You should go back and listen to that one if you haven't already, as we will kind of touch upon some of the same topics of that one. But I remember us mentioning that uh, we are more of a monster podcast. But, I mean, at the same time, What's the difference between a god and a monster? You know, I mean, like, ooh, really that is, is a, a deep philosophical question. <laughs> this is a I very love. I love that. Yeah, I don't want to get maybe... too much into it, but just to maybe touch on it. See, I'm what still, I'm this? still totally on on board for like a, um, like a Vanquisher's Guide After Dark, where we talk about these things oh, and we can like, kind of go off basis and just and that's that's make the entire good. internet hate us <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe just some bonus episodes that are more kind of just us bouncing ideas around that could be really cool for all of I you mean, wonderful yeah. people that comment on our stuff <clears throat> so, so, so all of you there's so <laughs> many of you when you do please let us know because i would i would i would personally love that so. i think that would be a ton of fun yeah it would be something for sure that's definitely for sure <laughs> yeah but but i mean in the end like gods and monsters you know they're both these kind of fantastical beings or entities definitely you know, that oftentimes do monsterful things like Oof, if i'm being true. if i'm being real i can't really think of a single god like figure that doesn't do at least one thing that could be considered monstrous you know i maybe bold claim but I think that's a pretty valid, I mean, especially, I think that's a pretty valid thing to say, especially because depending on what person's perspective you're looking at it, almost anything could be viewed as monstrous because one thing that's really good for one group of people could be really bad for another group of people. So it really depends on 
what angle you're looking at it, a lot of things could be viewed as viewed as bad. So I oh, think yeah. it's if you look, valid. if you look at like the the people of you know, especially because we kind of go between like fictional and more like earthly right? natural mythological uh-huh. stuff, right? And so if you if you go to that that side, like with Ra and everything. And if, so if we go and just look at the individual people during that time, really, what is the difference between, I mean, we've talked about Amit and Ra, right? Amit right. would be more of, I guess Amit was a god. Let's, let's, let's backtrack that a little bit. Um, <laughs> now my mind's broken. Just okay, talk about, let's just talk about a monster, you know, yeah. in, in their eyes. Like it is real, right? It is affecting their lives potentially. And it oh, 100%, is, yeah. it is crazy powerful it could be really intelligent whatever you know like it's just something absolutely like untouchable supernatural but it does affect their lives and it does involve stories right that's exactly what a god would be to them too it does affect their daily lives it does affect decisions and they're really powerful they're supernatural and so like even like to us yeah we can definitely distinguish them but to those people individually during that time i mean really what Mm -hmm. there is very little difference yeah. yeah, one is just worshipped and one is feared. And yeah. other than that, they're both really powerful entities. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, what god doesn't have at least one genocidal story? That, <laughs> That's true. You know, they're making, you know? <laughs> like, our boy Ra is not innocent of this as well, and we'll get to that mm. uh, later in the episode. Now, that would be an interesting list to compile, trying to find all the gods that have had a genocidal event and all the gods that haven't. If there are any gods that haven't, I I think one of those lists might be very small, but <laughs> I think I'd, maybe I'd, you're I'd right. love to know though. Yeah, for sure. But but onto the head of one of the greatest pantheons to ever exist. Ooh, bold. Uh, I mean, at least in my opinion, the Egyptian pantheon I, is fantastic. I don't it's disagree. Very... It's just it's bold. I think it's a, I think it's a very cool pantheon. It's very interesting and unique, but. Um, maybe some people don't agree. I mean, I'd. Well, Brad that might be, be over there when for, it comes for the Norse mythology. Well, he, I that's mean, why he didn't I say the most. He said one. You know, I, I let it slide. Let's go the with Norse the greatest. Pantheon. Just to create. No. <laughs> don't come from Norse mythology. <laughs> it's the greatest. <laughs> Leagues better than Norse mythology for sure. I mean, Let's we fight. Have, we have way more, you know, on Egyptian mythology. So in that aspect, it is better because mm-hmm. we, we we know a lot more about it oh, but all of them are nonetheless confusing in their own way oh, that <laughs> and, too. but uh I, I think well maybe argued you know which pantheon is your favorite i do think mm-hmm. that we can all agree that the egyptian pantheon is one of the most iconic just throughout media For and sure. also just well known and Ra is probably one of the most uh iconic of those uh, kind of god sets. Yeah, I would say which... he's very, very popular. Yeah, you think of like God of the Sun, mm-hmm. probably think of Ra. You know, so just <laughs> to go right into his the description of what he looks like, uh, he's usually represented as a man with the head of a falcon. His design is honestly pretty simple. He's just like a pretty, pretty swole dude. <laughs> some Egyptian garb, you know, like the cool like headdresses and the I don't really want to call them skirts, but whatever the the proper term is for that. 
you know. Yeah, I wonder if there is a real term for that. I've never oh, known. percent there is, but oh, I, oh, sure. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, but... I guess that's what I mean. It's like I wonder what the proper term is, and if we actually have a word for it, or if we it's been lost to time. But I'm sure there yeah. was one. Yeah, that'd be very interesting to know. But uh, this form of raw is also like the most iconic. You know, you think of raw, you probably think of this. Uh, he's also usually represented with uh, having a solar disk over his head. Sometimes this is literally the sun as well. And then around that disk or the sun is a cobra that is wrapped around it. And this kind of fixture above his head can be referred to as the Eye of Ra, which is very cool. Already way down with this guy. Wait, so just you might be talking about it later, but because it's called the Eye of Ra, I'm getting huge Lord of the Rings vibes, but it's fine. We're going to bypass that. So like when people saw the sun, were they like, is like, this is raw looking at us? Um, We'll get to that in a bit later, okay, but right, I think right. that like, I couldn't find it super explicitly stated in any of the sources that I read, but I would assume that basically uh, as we even talked about in our pep episode, episode is that raw basically at a certain point in his existence is kind of bringing in the light across the sky like chasing away the dark and creating the day night cycle and so probably him and his like solar boat could be seen as like the sun so you look up at the sun you see raw there doing his thing all right okay but he also had other uh different forms uh of himself in which sometimes he was depicted with the head of a scarab beetle in this form he was known as Ra Kepri and this god specifically represented the rising or morning sun so it's very close to like the straight uh -huh. up Ra Ra there you go but uh it was a little bit different and as we'll learn later is that Ra was so popular that a lot of the times like the other kind of different sects of like the origin uh, of the Egyptian religion kind of merged raw into other gods, you know, because I gotcha. mean, what, what God isn't better with a little bit of raw in it? Right? You're right. Hmm. So, so everything's better with raw. Theoretically, and this might not be an answer that you have, but just curious is the raw Kepri is that supposed to be a different entity is that a different form of him that he would like switch back and forth between like would he be have like scarab head in the morning and then trans transfer into falcon head later in the day or was that just like is that just an example of like the times changing and like them like at one point in time it was falcon head raw and then in later times it was scarab head raw capri and things like that or like was it were both of those existing at the same time in some fashion or were they different completely so i think it was is that there was pretty much a different unique god that was just right. kepri and he was like the the god of the rising or morning sun but they were so god. similar yeah. that like the groups That's that nice really liked raw and kepri could kind of merge those two together and they would basically be considered the same entity you know well it's pretty but interesting to to um like not as uh, not raw specific but um it was sometime during um i'm trying to remember his name i looked it up and oh, there we go okay cool so it was king um Aken, Aken rule i definitely mispronounced that 
Um, oh, yeah, he man, was in the like 14th century BCE. Um, and he, during his reign, made e- ancient Egypt a like monotheistic religion. Yeah, it's it's super I don't know if you're going to talk about that, but yeah, so like, and that was one singular sun god. So, I mean, obviously, obviously, very much based on Ra. Yeah, I mean, as we go through the episode, we'll pretty much see that Ra is extremely popular in kind of ancient Egypt. Is that a lot of people like really liked him and like to like involve him as much as they could into like their lives and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Sun's, like, especially back in that day, sun was a really important thing. Sunlight. <laughs> I mean, sun, it's important like, now, man. It is, it is. But, like, now we have, like, power. We have electricity that we can, like, kind of start to, like, make it less important. Like, we can live without the sunlight for periods of time. Not, like, on a grand scale, but, like, individually, one person can live without having to go out into the sun and deal with it for periods of time. But, like, back in the day you couldn't see anything without the sun like like you didn't yeah. have a light like you could not do much without the sunlight you couldn't you grow anything torches like, and stuff exactly yeah. like, it, life was hard to live if you didn't have sunlight yeah no 100 percent. and like i think that's one of the main reasons why raw was so like admired is because he was just so important to life you know like the the sun is you could almost say it's that like all life owes itself to the sun so by extent Ra and Ra also did have a couple other depictions that he was depicted as these were kind of I believe less popular sometimes he was depicted as a man with the head of a ram and this was most oftenly featured when he was in the underworld so they kind of focused around that Uh, Ra could have also been depicted as a full-bodied ram Lion, bull, cat, serpent, beetle, heron, or even, as we covered recently, the phoenix. So he could also be seen as a variety of other different animals. So he was just whatever he wanted to be, which is <laughs> good for him. I um, also did find a pretty cool like description of him that was from a particular story. And they described him as an aging king with golden flesh silver bones and hair of lapis lazuli and i think that's just a super cool description though a little weird how you have to describe like the dude's bones like i hope those are <laughs> like mostly hidden you know like i hope he's not getting like blasted apart or he just has like a skeletal arm or something that'd be kind of weird oh or maybe his skin is just like really translucent and so oh, you just man. see into him and like see his bones inside. He's just like a deep sea fish, man. Oh, exactly. That's be very weird. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm super down with that. <laughs> but I also thought it'd be interesting in our uh, episode about Ra to kind of go over the different creation myths that were kind of bouncing around during the times of ancient Egypt. Because I always find that super fascinating is like, where did religions originate from and like where did our monsters or our gods that we cover on our podcast where did they originate from you know so i mean while ra is basically the head of the egyptian pantheon he being elder to all the other egyptian gods that we know and love you know like anubis beset horus set and isis just to name a few Uh, (laughs) but even though he was the most elder out of all of these 
Ra was not always seen as the predecessor to all things. Basically, hmm. in a lot of myths, Ra was created by something. And kind of confusingly, sometimes this something is him himself. Like, he creates himself. It's kind of a, a weird paradoxical, paradoxical type of thing. But as far as we can tell, in ancient Egypt, there were four main creation myths, and they all have a slightly different origin for Ra or the Ra analogous figure. And each of these creation myths was named after the cult from one of the major cities of Egypt, this being Hermopolis, uh, Heliopolis, Memphis, and Thebes. So was this like all going on, like all these myths were occurring around the same time, they were all like throughout the entire like existence of ancient egypt or were they like a different time period like i'm like do we know that so i i would say that uh these probably could be paced out a bit you know depending on which which city is kind of most prevalent and you know like as the cities grew i imagine the kind of different myths change slightly and even about like a lot of egyptian mythology a lot of it gets kind of tricky and that there's a lot of different versions of it so you know you take one version might say one thing about like how the the world was created and then like a couple hundred years later you get like a different version or like it, it's just all pretty hard to tell but i would say that these kind of took place at like different different times in different places I, I don't have exact dates for these i would also like to clarify because you said um named after the cults from the major cities that cult mean like meant something different back in ancient what a times. Shame. so it wasn't yeah. like these weird like groups that you would think of now like that basically just meant like the different religions what a shame i was really hoping that they were just living in a cult-centric society mm. and i was about to yeah. say man what happened to, to humanity what happened to the times where we couldn't just have like a bunch of cults running around what a what a time to be alive what cult are you in oh well you see i'm in this cult oh nice. <laughs> i mean it was kind of like sports teams, a new right? one? you know you got people that love horace and you got people that love raw and you know mm. sometimes they get along sometimes they have a bit of a rivalry going on and sometimes they sacrifice each other you know like whatever yeah, you know, just, your boat. just like good buds but Whatever yeah, just floats your so sunboat. <laughs> just to kind of also touch upon that, it's kind of interesting is that like the actual definition for cult is just a system of religious veneration right. and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. So basically, uh, because they held like uh, raw in such high regard, right? Basically, it's the definition of a cult, yeah. you know, like interesting. So, Kind of going off of that, all four of these creation myths do share a lot in common, and which is pretty awesome. And I love seeing like the parallels in this type of stuff. Is that firstly, they all stated that the world had arisen out of a lifeless water of primeval chaos, and this was called New. Sometimes this was actually personified as like an actual deity. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, a pyramid shaped mound. Uh, sometimes literally a pyramid and this was called ben ben and this emerged from the chaotic scene it was the first thing to emerge pretty funny name actually uh, this, yeah <laughs> I, I, london has big ben but egypt, egypt they gotta be ben they got ben ben, ben. <laughs> twice the ben 
<laughs> but I, none of the timekeeping. Yeah, I, I think it's actually funny is that, uh, or it's pretty neat that Ben-Ben uh, is also the name of the stone, the like capstone on the pyramid, which is like, oh, really? you know, like the pointy part. And I believe maybe Obelisk as well. Huh. But, you know, I think there's like some pretty deep symbolism that went into that as well. Um, and so I did not know that had a name. Yeah, more you know. And lastly, <laughs> the kind of last part of these creation myths was that the sun would emerge from this fertile mound or ben-ben, or even a lotus flower would grow out of this mound, and then the sun would come out of it, and Ra kind of came in at various points in these myths. Huh. So like with the creation of the sun, Ra just kind of like manifested because when there's sun, there's Ra, and they're just like so interchangeable that this with the creation of the sun, he must have been there as well. Yeah, sometimes. But I mean, in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. In some. that uh, Ra and the sun are basically one and the same. Right, you ubiquitous. Know, that, uh, Ra is the sun and the sun is Ra. You know, you can't really have one without the other. Makes sense to me. And... Uh, it's also interesting to note that this sort of that like this kind of pattern in the mist that we see can be seen as a reflection of life in Egypt as the Nile would go through frequent chaotic flooding and this would create mounds of fertile soil from which with the help of the sun life would grow forth and flourish so i think that's it's a pretty cool like parallel kind of putting uh like your own life experience into myth yeah. Hmm. So to just jump into these different kind of creation myths, we're going to first go into the Hermopolis version of this myth. And in this myth, the qualities of the primeval waters were represented by a set of eight gods, and this was called the Ogdod. I believe, I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> it's kind of a funny word. But uh, it's also interesting is that this, uh, this set of eight gods, uh, from what I could research, there's not a ton known about it. Like the most that we know about them is actually the goddess uh, Nuanet and her ma male counterpart, Nu. And these were kind of the literal representation of the water itself. But as for the other six gods, we don't know a ton about, honestly. Which is a little unfortunate. Yeah. I feel like that's but, pretty uh good. That's not that uncommon though for Egyptian mythology where like we'll know a lot about one person or one thing or something and then nothing about anything else. And it's like, yeah. yeah, those guys existed, but for some reason the papers that had them on it just got lost in the aether. Just disappeared. Yeah. I, I <laughs> don't know I why. Think, I think it was even that like uh the like Eventually, a lot of the people of ancient Egypt didn't really have a ton of interest in them, so like only really Aww. theologians knew about the Dang. like exact specific specificities of it. Dang, poor guy. Or yeah, multiple I know. guys. Feels bad, honestly. Seriously, yeah, I'm important too, guys. Yeah, but um, so these gods uh, of the Ogadod were symbolically depicted as aquatic creatures living within these waters. Uh, the males were kind of described as being frogs, and the females described as being snakes. But eventually, 
all of the gods then converge to produce the pyramidal mound, Ben-Ben, and the sun would emerge from this mound, and by extent, Ra did as well. And that's kind of the, the Hermopolis myth. Um, in the Memphis version, it extend, instead focused on, the, on a god named uh, Pita, I believe. And he was like a the bread? Pe- uh, probably something similar. Nice. But uh, this was a patron god of craftsmen. And this v- version of the myth is pretty unique and is actually pretty cool. And that the world was not created physically, they described, as much as it was created like intellectually. So, and what I mean by this is that like the ideas of creation developed within uh, Pita's heart and was then given form by him naming all of the things, like include, including the gods. And he had to like verbally speak these things. And as he spoke them, they came into physical existence. That is, is... kind of wild. So dense like that is thick like hard to comprehend my brain is spinning in circles trying to comprehend the (laughs) logistics and ramifications of that thought process that's i mean a really cool idea i'm just not built for that mentality apparently i do not think that deeply about things isn't isn't this the same like idea of What's his face? The Cthulian guy that we talked about. That's Wait, yeah, sounds kind of similar. Yeah. In in which like everything is created by his dream. Yeah. I suppose so. Except one is conscious and one is unconscious. Yeah. So technically, this guy is more powerful. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it it works what? to to be awake on the job and not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the same time though, that does like. The one is asleep, so like weird things that happen and like strange oddities in the world make sense because it's like, ah, he's just asleep, he's not doing it on purpose. But this time, now this guy's awake, he is actively, oh, he's, held, he's held accountable up. for it. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude, like what, what happened here? So, yeah, I mean, that like strangely reminds me of a quote from like I think it was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, in which they say <laughs> that, like, yes. uh the creation of the universe was word was like made many people yes. unhappy and was widely regarded as a bad move. That's just hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. So I, I think the Egyptians though thought that uh Pita was made a good move. They're like, I exist, so yeah, it was a good move. Yeah. Uh, then the <laughs> Thebes version claims that a particular member of the previously mentioned Ogadod uh, from the Her- Hermopolis myth was not merely a member, but was actually the hidden force behind all things. This is kind of like almost getting like a little Illuminati-esque, honestly. <laughs> but this member was called Amun, and they emphasized how he transcended all other deities being described as a being beyond the sky and deeper than the underworld. Um, and kind of kind of funny is that one Thebian myth likened Moon's act of creation to the call of a goose, which broke the stillness of the primeval waters and caused the Ogadod and a need to form. I don't really get that connection. 
Yeah, that feels like a stretch of a of a comparison, but I suppose yeah. if it works for you and helps you to understand the depth of creation, then good for you. Go go team, but Yeah. I I mean I, I've seen Goose Game, I guess, you know. I maybe I should just not underestimate the, the power of a goose, you know? You ever just been sitting there on the edge of a lake? watching a goose swim around and be like yo that goose is just like god he his calling is just like the creation of the universe i can see it now (laughs) and and with one honk he shattered all space (laughs) i'll be honest i've never had that thought but like more power to you (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty unique Uh, i thought that was kind of funny though Again, I don't think I think that deeply about anything. So I think maybe that's my problem is I just, I think very surface level and I just see a goose and I go, oh, look, a goose. Oh, man. And that's about where uh, my thought process ends. But, but just think of like the religion you could create with that goose. Yeah. You know? Think of the theological ramifications of a goose honking. Yeah. It's, it's pretty unique. But uh, onto our final version of the myth. Uh, and this is honestly the the version we're going to be focusing the most around. Cool. And this is the Heliopolis uh, version of the myth. What a cool name, by the way. Just side note, like yeah. I would love to live in the city of Heliopolis. Mm-hmm. I know. I think it. Uh, oh, what did it mean? It meant city of the sun god. And mm-hmm. it's kind of funny is that uh, Heliopolis is actually the Greek name naming of the city. And if nice. uh, we were. Uh, to go to like the Egyptian name, I believe it's called Ratun. It's like Un I U N U. Their pronunciations, their words are so confusing. I would love to hear them pronounce yeah. the words that they have because I have no clue how to pronounce yeah. them. I'm probably not doing them any justice at all, unfortunately. Yeah, do my best still. though. But in wow. the version of the Heliopolis uh, myth. It's said that an inert, self-engendered being called Atum, and self-engendered just kind of means basically a being that created itself. Uh, And this being resided within the the, the, uh, primeval waters, and Atum was the source of basically everything with all the elements and forces of existence within him, and then they, he kind of like split them off into still pieces that were himself, but were also kind of separate gods that managed each kind of aspect. Like there was like a god of like the force of magic and and so forth. Gotcha. And so They're with really the, deep, seriously, yeah. I'm like I'm not adding much, or like not saying much about them because like I'm just, like it takes me twenty minutes to just comprehend what they're meaning. Yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty rapid fire, you know. We go through these pretty fast, and they're all pretty different. But I, I just think it just goes to show, like, how in-depth and how... Seriously. Like, deep the Egyptian mythology really goes, you know? Yeah. And this is part of the reason why I just love, like, creation myths, is because it's so fascinating to see how a particular set of people believes that the world and the universe and or even like humanity was all created just makes my head spin in circles man seriously (laughs) well it's interesting too because like i love creation myths and i love like afterlife 
yeah myths and stuff because like what people think about those things which are so unknown to us right other than just like our beliefs it really shows what you think as you know about life and about the here and now because you are obviously going to apply what you think happened before and after to what you know now and so it Mm -hmm. really helps uh, help you understand what those people were thinking you know their day-to-day life yeah Uh, and it's incredibly like just gives a profound view into their lives and how they thought but uh many of these creation deities that we've been talking about were like first created gods such as like a tomb and a moon uh and even pita are all very similar to ra and can even be seen as like analogous versions of him or sometimes even just being a straight up precursor form of ra himself so like you had the like first god made and then it evolved into ra himself but uh that's pretty much all that we have for the uh, creation myths so we'll now move on to ra and his family history and man is it just a little bit juicy with some drama <laughs> Ooh, baby god families and god drama it's always oh uh, it's always the wackiest yeah man. <laughs> always confusing and scary yeah so uh, as i said previously ra can be considered the head of the egyptian pantheon and he kind of fulfills a somewhat similar role to how like zeus is in the greek pantheon if we were to focus and dive even deeper into the heliopolis myth because that was the one that we're going to be focusing on is that after ben ben emerged from the primordial sea of chaos and Ra emerged from this pyramid structure, he then created the first generation of gods, and he did this by mating with his own shadow. Which, wow, man. I I would say... Talk about lonely. Yeah, that's (laughs) new to me. I guess, like, there's literally nothing else existing. Yeah, right. Or maybe your shadow. Which, that feels like it's a difficult thing to do as the god of the sun. Like, I feel like he would be glowing... 100% 100% of the time. So, like, I feel like of any being in the entire universe, he would be one of the only things not to be able to have a shadow. Well, maybe so. he can, like, turn it off, you know? He can, like, oh, I suppose. Take, take the sun he's actually, like, and put it in the He's sky. actually super emo, and because mm. he hates the light so much, he was given that, and so <laughs> it's just... I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I just, <laughs> I just want to see emo raw. Oh, that'd be so funny, man. I mean, I guess it's like Underworld Raw, right? With the like ram yeah, that's head true. and stuff. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But uh, this first generation of gods that he created was Shu, the god of the air, and Tefnut, the goddess of rain. And after being born, these two gods then dove back into the primordial sea and they went to explore the depths to see what they could find. But after. Ra had not seen any sign of his children under the under the sea, and he didn't see them coming up anytime soon. He then began to fear for their safety and sent his best messenger to go and find them. And they were returned to him safely. They did find him. And after this, Ra began to weep great tears of happiness. He was so happy that they were safe. And these tears were said to have created humanity so that's kind of where we come in 
No wonder I'm always so sad. I'm literally made of tears. No wonder this I'm makes so, so much sense. All the time, man. Oh, so true. That's a good one too. <laughs> but uh, after Shu and Tefnut returned, they then had two children. Uh, so get a little bit incest, you know. Gotta have all of that in your pantheons. I mean, um, you do, but like honestly, you can't really blame them in that. Like, there's only like two of them in existence, so like. We, yeah. What are the options? <laughs> I'm not saying yeah. it's a good good situation, but like if you're gonna make other gods, that's kind of all there is. Yeah, kind of sucks. It's interesting thing about like the creation of species is mm-hmm. generally they start out with just a few. But regardless, exactly. <laughs> uh, the children that Shu and Tefnut had, they were called Geb, which was the god of the earth, and Note, which was goddess of the sky. And thus, the earth and the sky were created. Aww. But as Ra was ruling the universe, and he was being declared the first pharaoh, and after he created one of his greatest creations, which was the Nile River, Ra had a terrible premonition. He foresaw that his grandchildren, um, Geb and Nut, or Nut, would create a new powerful generation of gods that would put an end to his reign. So he forbade the earth and sky from having children, but they disobeyed, as you probably could have guessed, and they had four children, each one representing a force of life. These gods were Osiris, god of fertility and regeneration, Isis, goddess of motherhood, Set, God of Chaos, and Nephthys, Goddess of Protection. And Hmm. just like Ra had predicted, the new gods dethroned Ra, and Osiris then took his place and began to reign over the world. Feels bad, man. Yeah. I mean, it kind of sucks for Ra, but at the same time, uh, I don't think it was, like, a really terribly violent takeover. Oh, okay, good. They, it was pretty much just, like, a forced retirement for Raw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, You're getting so. old. It's time for you to stop. No, no, I'm still good. I can keep going. No, 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 no. You're done. Sit down. Yeah, so it kind of sucks, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you're still kicking it. You're still enjoying life. Um. But Osiris then took his sister, Isis, as his wife and brought a era of prosperity and civilization to humans, as well as decreeing the use of laws to bring order to chaos. So things are doing pretty good. Everything's looking pretty up, even for humanity. But uh, like all families of gods, things tend to get messy as things go on. They're oftentimes filled with affairs, betrayals, and tons of drama. But uh, to kind of just briefly touch on this, there's a lot to this. So if you're curious about any of this, I would uh, look up some more Egyptian mythology. And we might even cover like some of these other gods, such as Anubis or Set or Cyrus later in our podcast. So see if we have any episodes on that. But for now, uh, Set... Osiris's brother did end up eventually murdering Osiris. But Osiris was eventually resurrected by his wife, Isis, and this was by her collecting all of his body parts, then mummifying him, and with the help of Anubis, he rose again, 
but this time he would reign over the world of the dead. So yeah. he came back, but he was basically demoted. Dang. I suppose. Sad. And then later, uh, as uh, Osiris did have a son, he had the, a son named Horus, which is also another falcon-headed god. Um, and he wasn't super happy with Set having murdered his father, so he basically vowed vengeance upon Set. And after some ridiculous debauchery, uh, Horus out outwits Set with the help of his mother and overthrows Set, putting an end to the, his reign of terror and chaos. So things were good, and then they got bad, and now they're good again. And it's even said that all of the Egyptian pharaohs were descendants of Horus. And if you're wondering what happened to Set after he was outwitted by, and was kind of stripped of his uh, uh, title of like ruler of the universe, it's said <laughs> that he was basically put in retirement as well with Ra, in which he would ride upon his two boats across the sky, helping to defend Ra from the great serpent Apophis. It's just the hospice for Egyptian gods. <laughs> just like, yeah. Hey, you get uh, kicked out as well? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Used to be the rule of the universe. Now I just ride this stupid <laughs> boat every week, every day. Yep, same. Oh, yeah, I was it's... a creation. I was a creator of the universe. Like, I was the first <laughs> I was one. The first. Oh, that's rough. Man. Yeah, I hate to see it. It's kind of funny. I imagine just like Ra is kind of like just on his essentially party sun boats, you know, just doing his <laughs> thing. And then like he sees Osiris eventually is like, hey, man, what's up? Uh, I see you're no longer really ruler of the overworld. And he's like, yeah, got killed. And then later just set appears and is like, yeah, I guess I'm supposed to guard you now, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That yeah, or maybe maybe you did say it's the party bus, so maybe it's just like the most legendary party boat ever. And there's like, yo, we're retired, we got nothing, we could just go crazy. Who cares? We're not kings anymore, we don't have to answer to anybody. We just let loose, let your hair down. <laughs> maybe they're loving retirement, that's just their freaking jam. Oh man, I, I don't, I mean, they did still have some duties, you know, so. They, they have mean, basically some hobbies in retirement, you know? Yeah. Some duties, but far less than when they were ruler of the universe, I assume. Yeah. And uh, to kind of get on to some of these duties that they did do is that as the, the sun and Ra were one and the same, um, he had all the powers and duties of the sun. And this was even after he was basically overthrown. And this was to bring life, warmth, and growth to the world, as well as ripening crops. Because, you know, he's basically the sun, so he's still got to shine up in the sky. Mm. Um, but one of Ra's most important duties was to bring lights to the world and to chase away the darkness, basically create the day and night cycle. He did this through the use of two boats. I'm going to do my best in pronouncing these. Uh, the first one being Manjet, which was also known as the Boat of Millions of Years. And it was also known by the far less impressive turn, just the morning boat. <laughs> and in this boat, Ra would travel across the world, basically being the literal sun. And at night, when it came 
time for his duties in the overworld to end, he, the boat would then dive into the sea and enter the duet, or Egyptian realm of the dead. And in the underworld, he would ride his other boat called Mescat, or evening boat. And while on this boat, he would take on his ram-headed appearance. And in the underworld, Ra would travel through the realm of the dead, ferrying the newly arrived and justified dead, bringing their souls to the field of reeds, kind of paradise. Uh, he would also sometimes participate in the judging of souls as well. I know Osiris also played a significant role in that, and it kind of varies between stories, like how significant of a role Ra played versus Osiris. Interesting. Yeah. Like sometimes, like, Ra was just... Uh, another kind of voice of uh, mm. counsel to Osiris, and sometimes he literally merged with Osiris, and they did it together. And it just depends on kind of which mythos you went with. Maybe he was just, like, on the jury. He was just, like, taking in the, uh, like, the verdict versus uh, Osiris being, like, the judge yeah. overseeing everything. Maybe it was, like, a, a bit of a... bit of a... Uh, a lawyer. He was a lawyer, maybe. It's closer. It wasn't there quite the, but... Yeah, maybe he was a lawyer. But... Uh, there we go. To kind of go... Me, my defendant uh, he didn't really do anything that bad. He's pr a pretty cool guy. He's a pretty cool guy. I can vouch <laughs> for him, you know? Trust me, I've been on the party boat with him for the last uh, couple hours. And he's pretty cool. He seems like a yeah. pretty great guy. He's pretty chill. He's pretty chill. <laughs> Your, like, way to get into heaven or hell or whatever whichever one you're going to, was purely based off of how well you could impress Raw on your way to being judged. It's just like, how many... Oh, man. Gotta how really make a good stands... impression. <laughs> how many keg stands can you do in, like, the 12 hours of your journey in the, the oh, underworld? My goodness. You show up to your trial and you're just wasted as heck. And it's like, I mean, he can't really comprehend what's going on right now, but trust me, several hours ago, really great, dude. Oh, man, you, you're just the best. So cool. Very understanding. Oh, oh man. <laughs> but if you're wondering what Ra would do kind of through these 12 hours that he spent in the underworld, is that it was said that he would go through the 12 gates of the underworld, and he would take an hour to go through each gate, kind of creating the night cycle. Neat. And in some versions of the myth, um, Osiris was in one of these gates, and Ra would then pay his respects to him every night. Kind of, I just, you know, just catch up with him, see how things are going, I suppose. And in other myths, the two would essentially merge together. And this was kind of an interesting merging in which Osiris would basically be the corpse and Ra would be the soul. So together they kind of created a whole being. It's a little <laughs> confusing. Interesting. But. And then, uh, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, we did mention kind of this boat journey in our episode on our, the Chaos Serpent, Apep. Mm -hmm. And Apep would also try and attack and swallow the boat, basically, like, before it would leave the duet. It, like, Apep yeah. would come along and it'd be like, hey, man, tonight's the night where I get you. <laughs> and oftentimes he didn't. You know, oftentimes raw, you know, as he was a pretty popular dude, he had some backup in his crew to help fight, uh, fight off a pep. You would hope he had something anyway, like 
poor guy's trying to drive a boat every day and meanwhile he's having to try to fight off a giant snake at the same time like come on give the the man a little bit of help driving a boat can't be that easy i've never done it but it's got to have some amount of stuff you gotta do to it while not being able to uh focus on like if you're trying to steer a boat and fight a snake at the same time like it feels probably not gonna go well yeah (laughs) yeah but uh he had a host of other gods to assist him uh some of these being party boat (laughs) yeah some of these being Sia, uh, god of perception, who, uh, deification of command, Hekka, deification of magic and medicine, as well as our boy Set was there as well. Woo! Helping out. Throwing some spears, Ooh, maybe no, some wait. tridents too. Throwing some ragers too. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> a little rude. Yeah, he was a real party guy, you know. King, <laughs> uh, god of chaos and all that. I mean, if not, if it that doesn't scream party animal and like the most crazy ragers ever, I don't know what God would. Yeah, you guys, chaos right. incarnate. But as I said, uh, Ra was mostly successful in fighting off a pep, and occasionally a pep would succeed in swallowing the boat and the sun by extension. And it was said that when this happened, it was a solar eclipse. And that would Ra would need the help of his worshippers to ultimately overcome Apep. And with this, Ra would force himself out of Apep and force Apep to regurgitate the boat so that they could finish up their journey and hopefully not have that happen for a while because that doesn't sound pleasant at all. Seriously. Honestly, like ancient explanations for things are way more fun. Right? Oh, yeah. Like that's way cooler than, oh man, just the moon happens to be in front of the sun. Uh-huh. Like, I want a whole battle in the, the just heavens. The, and the just moon like, and the sun yeah, battling for supremacy. Swallowed. People being swallowed. It yeah. does sound a lot cooler, but at the same time, it does make, like, normal everyday things sound a whole lot more terrifying. Like, like that must be so stressful if every time, like, like whenever there's a eclipse or something, you're just sitting there praying for dear life, hoping that they mm-hmm. can pull it out, pull out another <laughs> victory. Because if they don't, the world is literally going to end forever. This, the like, sun is just gone forever. Please, <laughs> what do you do then? come on, Ra. You pull it out. You've done it before. You're my man. Don't let us down because I've got crops that need the sun. And I also <laughs> would like to continue living. Yeah. That would be the most stressful. But when Ra was ready to uh, basically end his journey in the duet and prepare for his rebirth so we could si- start the cycle over, the, the sky goddess Newt then uh, basically aided in that rebirth and he was reborn as the rising sun, ready to start over. So honestly, sounds very exhausting. You know, it doesn't really get a break off. I don't think retirement was all cracked up to what it what he <laughs> thought it'd be. But I think we're all thankful for that, though. Yeah. That is, like, as much as we joke, the unfortunate part of being a god is retirement's not really an option. You're, like, you're locked into your thing, and you're, if you stop doing it, the world kind of, like, suffers. Maybe not necessarily ends, depending on what god you are, but definitely suffers, for sure. I do think it's interesting is like those stories in which um, like gods do get like tired of their duties and they just mm-hmm. leave and then they don't 
You know, like what would happen if death just got bored of its job and left? Yeah. <laughs> Think of all of the gods, that would be the one that would people would be a biggest the biggest fan of it quitting. I, I mean, maybe, know, man. I don't. Think I think I'm they probably would regret it. Okay. I think, yeah. It. I think people would probably regret it after time. But if you ask like anybody right off the bat, I think death would be the the number one choice of people being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if any god's gonna quit, I choose death. I don't think anyone's gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If any god could stop doing their job, I would really love it if the sun god would quit. Cause like, man, <laughs> that sun Hate is just blinding in my eyes on my way home from work. I just can't handle it. Man, I'm I really, really just pale, wish that guy would quit. And I just <laughs> get sunburned constantly. It's terrible. Just quit it, dude. It's the worst. So I, I think I think most people would at least at first, their gut reaction probably at least I assume would be death. Uh, I, I'd be rooting for the the god of disease and pestilence, whichever one that yeah, one is. But like, kinda... if the god of disease and pestilence is doesn't go on retirement, but death does, then you'll just get sick, but you'll be fine. Like nothing can happen. No, I you'll recover eventually. But like, death and pestilence now no longer is that big of a deal because there's no consequence. You can't die. I mean, but wait, who like, says you? I'm, I'm I'm just here sitting. Like you guys are talking about how you wouldn't die if the god of death didn't but what if you're just when you die you're just stuck in limbo forever and like yeah just a terrible you know thing of not going to have i was assuming he was like the grim reaper and like he's the one who's like reaping your soul and then like it's because of him that you die kind of but yeah i guess if it's more like uh less of like grim reaper and more along the lines of uh anubis or something like that where like yeah he's a god of death but he doesn't really kill people he's just there like shepherding the dead then yeah that might be a problem because then it's just ghosts everywhere (laughs) it's just rampant ghosts so many hauntings probably not good yeah probably wouldn't be the greatest option um but also uh back to our boy ra as for some of his abilities um he probably has a lot of like abilities that are related to the sun, you know? He's like a giver you of would life, think. growth, and warmth. Like, maybe he can, like, scorch you with the solar flare if he really hates you, or he could give <laughs> you a really bad cool. sunburn. Or, I don't know, maybe he can focus the rays into, like, a laser beam. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> but uh, he also probably has, like, significant control over, like, light and fire, as well as, like, solar manipulation. So, he's pretty cool. But I do think it's kind of interesting is that like as we go through these myths of Ra is that like Ra is not necessarily immortal and invulnerable as he may seem. It's oftentimes said that he is he grows old and that even at the current time of like the when the myths were created that his best days were behind him. You know, and that but I mean, with this being said, it also is said that he's able to res- resurrect extremely frequently. So, I mean, you may grow grow old, but if mm-hmm. you can resurrect frequently, like, does it really even matter? Now, but do you resurrect at the same age as when you just last died? Because eventually you're going to get stuck in a loop where you're just like dying and coming back immediately and like there's no rest. <laughs> but or maybe you're just coming back like forever. decades younger than great, but oh growing old forever you just think it's the point where you're just like literally a husk of a being you're just like 
sitting there not being able to move at all and just like existing that sounds fun yeah yeah that sounds absolutely wonderful reminds me of the uh the monks from breath of the wild for the, any of the people who have played that game there's like man i need to play that game yeah it's like it's a classic game but there's monks that like have decided they're just gonna sit around and wait for the uh main character to show up and so they're just like sitting in a position and been there for like a hundred <laughs> years and they're just like completely shriveled up and like dead for all intents and purposes That's but awful. then you get there and they start talking to you and it's like ah they're still alive it's just Yikes. they were just waiting they just like went to a trans or something i don't know wild Jeez. also to kind of maybe touch on like one final thing that raw has is that when we mentioned the eye of raw before that was like the the sun yeah. fixture over over his head uh in some myths it's actually personified as a goddess and like raw uses this as a powerful force that does his bidding even in some myths it breaks free of his control and wreaks havoc so that's kind of terrifying um i know also in one particular story is that i believe through some reason or another raw gets kind of frustrated and upset with humanity and he sends the eye of raw to go and destroy them Brutal. And so after like killing millions, uh, Ra then becomes remorseful and asks the goddess to stop. But at this point, she's like so drunk with like bloodlust that oh. she just continues like killing. And then at this point, Ra's like, "All right, get like a million uh, cups of beer, and then color it red so it looks like blood, and then just pour it like all over the sand dunes." And then she goes, and then she sees the blood, and then she drinks it all up, and then uh, falls asleep, and then wakes up again, and then she's pretty remorseful as well, and and is a more peaceful god from this point. So, like I said, white god doesn't have a genocidal story associated (laughs) with (laughs) What a strange thing. No, 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 no. I'm loving this. I can't stop it. This is the greatest experience of my life, killing everybody, never going to go back take a nap hey you know what i'm done you're right in the moment yeah <laughs> I suppose. that was a mistake i changed my ways within five seconds honestly though sometimes a nap will do that for you like <laughs> it'll change your outlook yeah and that's why i don't nap so that way i can never change my oh. mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh but unfortunately as with all the things um Ra's kind of popularity and worship did come to an end with the rise of like the Christianity and the Roman Empire. So unfortunately, it all ended. But I mean, it was fun along the way. What a <laughs> wild journey, man! Crazy, the friends crazy. we made along the way were the best part. Yeah, but I, I think that's pretty much all that we have for you with uh, Ra. You know, and like I said, this was a pretty fun episode to research and uh, very insightful. Like, loved a lot of those like creation myths, man. Yeah. Before we end, um, are there any like cults or sects of uh, you know, raw and Egyptian worship still? Oh, I imagine somewhere. You know, the oh, world's I, a big place, yeah. but not nothing that I I looked up. I think it'd be kind of interesting. I mean, like, 
in the times of ancient Egypt, uh, some pharaohs declared themselves as Ra's manifestations on the earth and dubbed themselves the sons of Ra. So who's to say there isn't some biker gang out there that's the sons of Ra? Yes. Maybe. Be badass. That man. would be. I do know some, like, pagans that worship or, like, believe in gods and stuff. They do include the Egyptian gods, but... Oh, sick. I don't know at what what degree or anything, but I know I do know people that like they're the god that they worship is Ra. So oh, interesting. Yeah. I'd love I'd be like fascinated to yeah know like what goes into those worship practices. You know. Oh, for right. sure. Yeah, I know I, so little about that like that world that universe. Like it would be so interesting to me because for me it would make sense for someone like that to stick within one pantheon just because like i don't know i feel like if you're going to choose to worship like a god like that you would want to stick with its kind of universe but like i don't see why like on the other hand totally makes sense you could just pick and choose whichever gods you like and whichever ones resonate with you but well especially if you i mean why not i mean it's you know, it's just as valid as a belief to believe all of the gods than just one. Oh, yeah. So like, it's it's just it's an interesting world that yeah. I I know people in it. I don't know very much. Uh-huh. About it, so. Yeah, it's just like yeah. for me, my personal like natural inclination would be like choose one pantheon and just like stick with that one. That's just like the way that my thought process goes. But like I a know so little about that that like I don't really know how that works. But also makes sense that there's other people out there that would just like pick and choose whichever ones they want and go with that like that's totally a valid option i've just never thought of because my natural thought process would be like okay i'm choosing these gods and i'm just gonna choose whichever ones i like most in that pantheon but i think it's kind of neatly you just oh yeah i like this one from this pantheon this one from that one and just like choose all kinds of different ones yeah it's kind of neat I mean, but, I if you look at all the gods throughout history, there's a lot, you know, can there's get a little overwhelming. Just, just, just a, a lot, few, but, a few, you know. But that's the thing is, you just choose a couple that you like, and there you go, problem solved. Yeah, you don't have to like make sure you get all of them. You're not like Ash Ketchum. Got to got to worship them all, dude. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, if uh, if you guys have any like, suggestions for any episodes if you want to see like a vanquisher's guide after dark or or if you just really love this episode or you didn't like it too much you can hit us up on our twitter at vanquishers pod you can also hit us up on our tiktok brad is there as well creating wonderful videos as always and i'm paying attention this time it is (laughs) it Uh, is vanquishers guide (laughs) yeah wow you'll listen to him and not me That hurt. I don't know what was going on last week. I don't know either. It would have felt so much better if you had been like, "Oh, sorry, I just always tune out at the end. It's just the thing." No, it's just just Randy, just you. I just figure everything you say is not important. So, (laughs) oh no. But uh, uh, if you have any other good (laughs) friends, listener out there, why not share this episode with them? I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love the God of the Sun, Ra? Yeah, I mean, how can you not? So I, I think we will catch you next week with another epic monster. Or God, maybe. Who knows? Now we have to make it epic, though. Oof. 
all the pressures on whoever oh that's me you <laughs> dang it <laughs>